Hey, it's time for Priority Pastor. Welcome back to Priority Pastor. I'm Darren Wright, and I'm here with Graham Utes from Calm and Courageous Bookkeeping. And you're going to understand in a few minutes why on Priority Pastor I'm talking to a bookkeeper. But first, Graham, a question I've I've wondered about, and I've known Graham for a few years. He was involved in uh, helping with the finances of a church I did a transition four years ago. He's done bookkeeping for multiple churches. But my big question, Graham, is common courageous bookkeeping. How did you come up with that name? <laughs> well, I actually got to give the credit to my wife. Um, I kind of wanted to branch out and start my own business. And, you know, as any business owner has to do, you have to come up with a name. And we were brainstorming and everything I came up with had to do with the industry. And um, it, it was all taken. And there was nothing there. And she's the creative one. And she just said, well, what about calm and courageous bookkeeping? And it just had a ring to it. And it's like, you know what? That's definitely the one we're going to go with. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, okay. So, so it was an open name, um, but there must obviously be some, some meaning behind it as well. Yeah. We, we kind of thought like calm. So like a lot of businesses, when they're looking for a bookkeeper, they come in and they're all in a panic and they're like, Oh, I need this. I need that. And it's like, okay, well, we're not going to panic about it. We're just going to take it one step at a time. We're going to be calm about it. And um, a lot of the times there's big projects companies are working on and it can be quite daunting. And so we're kind of like, well, we're, we're going to be calm. We're not going to panic about it. But at the same time, we're going to courageously move forward and tackle this job. So that was kind of the idea behind it. Yeah, perfect. That's, that's so excellent. Now, you've, you've done bookkeeping for churches for quite a few years and, and, and more than one church. Uh, and then you have a regular bookkeeping. You don't just, just do churches. You do businesses, individuals, I understand. Yeah. Now, what's different about bookkeeping for churches? Uh, bookkeeping for churches, like a lot of it's the same. The main difference is with churches, you're needing to track your revenue. So like a typical business is just going to bring in your revenue and you're all going to throw it into one account. That's your revenue. It's going to cover all your expenses. You're good. With a church, you have what's known as funds. So you have these different funds which track your projects or whatever you want to call them. Um, so you have a building fund. You have a lot of times a youth fund, a fund for, say, women's ministry, men's ministry. And you got to track the different revenues that come in for those specific funds. That, that's probably the main difference for bookkeeping when it comes to churches. Okay. Now, now, because you've done church bookkeeping for quite a few years, you've seen patterns and trends and things done right and wrong and everything else. And uh, what, what, um, what advice would you have for those who manage church finances for pastors and others? What, what do you see commonly maybe a little out of whack or what would make things better? Uh, a lot of the time you have, you're tracking your different funds on your income statements. So then you're the income comes in, you record it, and then it's designated for a specific fund, um, let's say for your missionaries, and it's supposed to go out, and you send it out, and it's just an in and an out, and as long as you're tracking it, you're okay. It's always going in and out. Some months with doing it that way, though, you don't have the processes in place, so if you forget to send that money out, it's just forgotten about it. And unless you think to go back and look at it, 
it's just disappeared. It's gone into your general fund and you don't even realize it. That money's just there. So what I actually recommend is setting up separate bank accounts for your funds hmm. so that that money's sitting there. And if it doesn't go out, you know, it's still there. And it's like, oh, why is there money in that account for that fund? That should have gone out last month. Let's send that out this month so that it's done done and we don't have to worry about it again yeah well yeah and that's not just an organizational concern uh, you know just from a uh, logistics it's also uh, a legal concern as well at least well, exactly, in canada right? when when you have designated funds they have to go there if it's if it's a valid uh, valid fund within the church it's got to go there not doing that is really a misallocation or misappropriation in a sense isn't it they do and i mean i've done books for churches that have run into that problem and they're like oh we we weren't doing this on purpose. It was unintentional, but it still happened. And so then you've got to rectify it and pass on the funds. And it, yeah, if you don't catch it internally and say an auditor catches it, it could mean a lot of trouble for your church. So, yeah. Oh, good. Anything else you're seeing that you just want to flag for those in, involved in churches and their finances? Um, basically setting up good systems with so you have the accountability. So like I said, like with the different funds, if you have a different bank account for each fund, you're able to see when the money's coming in and when it's going out for those specific funds. Um, having the accountability in your bookkeeping as well. So having more than just one person in your books so that say one person's entering the data and someone else is reconciling it just so that you have that accountability. It's not so easy for someone to either forget something or heaven forbid, maybe someone's money laundering through the church or whatever. Mm. You've got that second set of eyes and it really helps improve your accountability as a church and just the way you operate your finances. Excellent. No, that's, that's, that's very helpful. Now, now the thing that really catalyzed this, this podcast was we got talking about uh, something called Profits First, yes. which is a book, which is a way of, of managing finances for business. And let's talk about, uh, you know, what is Profit First, just t- talking from a business standpoint, how it all works, and then we'll, we'll end up moving it towards churches. But just unpack Profit First, if you would, please. Okay. So Profit First is basically a cash flow management strategy. So it takes every dollar that's coming into your business and it gives it a job. Um, so sometimes that job is to pay your employees. Sometimes that job is to pay taxes. Uh, other times it's the job is to be put aside for the owner's profit. Um, so kind of like the different funds, you're putting your money into different bank accounts or different jobs. Um, so it has a different purpose. Um, Essentially, you're putting your business on a diet for, okay, this is how much you can eat here. This is how much you can eat there. Um, And it just makes you more aware of where you're spending your money. Um, A lot of the times, just doing that removes the stress of running a business from the owner. Um, It minimizes the ups and downs of revenue just in the different businesses they run and it helps them set goals and accomplish those goals faster and more efficiently. Hmm. 
Okay. Yeah. Now, now the idea of profit first, the reason it's called profit first is, is based on the idea that a lot of business owners really don't make a lot from their business that they, they end up working for a really bad boss themselves for really long hours for when it comes down to really low pay, but profit first seeks to increase the profit, even with the same cash flow, increase the profit. Now, how does that actually happen? Um, a, a lot of it is, like I said, you're breaking up your revenue into your different accounts. So when you lump all your revenue into one account, if the money's there, you're going to spend it. And so a lot of businesses run on the idea of your, or the equation, I guess, the profit minus the, ex, not sorry, the revenue minus the expenses equals the profit. But then by the time all the expenses are through, there's no profit. So right. what profit first proposes is that you start taking the profit first because if the money's not there to spend on expense, you're not going to have that expense. So essentially, like if you have a job and you're given $1,000 to do it, it's going to cost you $1,000 to do that job. Mm -hmm. But that same job, if you're given $10,000 to do it, it's going to cost you $10,000 to do that job. Whatever you have available, that's what you're going to spend. So the idea behind purpose first is making it so you don't have all your revenue available for your expenses. You've broken it out. So you have some, some of it's set aside for your profit. Some of it's set aside for your payroll. Some of it's set aside for your day-to-day -day operating expenses. Yeah. Yeah, no, and that's, that's really what got us talking because I, I've recognized that in my own life, even though I'm, uh, quote, in ministry as a pastor, because of the nature of the work I do, I'm in, set up as a business and it's very easy to, you know, spend money on marketing and on new computers and, and things like that. And really, at the end of the day, you haven't made a lot of money. And so what, what I'm finding as I'm moving in that direction, and you're, you're helping me set this up, uh, as I'm moving that direction, it really does challenge you on the expense side. Yes. Because you're setting aside profit that can't be spent now for expenses. So I might have a great idea to do a marketing campaign for $500 but I've only got 150 now. And, yeah. and what it does, it actually forces you to be more creative. You know, constraints actually are one of the, one of the necessary components for innovation and creativity. It forces constraints and it actually lands me with more money in my pocket. It's, it's just fascinating how simple the idea is and how it actually works. Well, right. Like most of us just think that that's not going to work because we don't have the money then for our day-to-day -day expenses. But it's amazing how much you overspend on your expenses if the money's available. Yeah, that's exactly right. Now let's now let's make the 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 challenging conceptual jump uh, to churches. And the reason it's challenging is churches have a different bottom line. Uh, you know, we're we're not. It's not we're we're nonprofits. So so yeah. how does you know the idea of profit first? And so you know, I've wrestled through some of the distinction between business and ministry, being a ministry person in business. But let's. Let's take this principle of profit first, the idea of allocating funds and not overspending expenses. How do you see this working in a church context? Just unpack that a bit. Well, it's really not that different. Um, really, instead of setting aside money for profit, you're going to be setting that money aside for the purpose of the church or the church's ministry. 
So essentially, we're just changing the terminology from profit first to purpose first. Um, a lot of the times, churches look at the money that are coming in, that's coming in, and they use it to pay the bills and pay the staff and all the other expenses. And kind of the same thing as a business, they decide whatever's left over, they'll put towards their purpose, like developing a youth program or opening a soup kitchen or something along that, those lines. But the problem is, at the end of the day, there's no money left over for that purpose. So we're still needing to pull that money aside at the beginning when it first comes in and put it aside for our purpose Hmm. so that the money's there. We can accomplish our purpose. We're moving our church forward rather than kind of waiting for it just to happen. No, that's good. And and we've interacted around this. And so, you know, let me put my pastoral hat on and uh, for a second here, as you know, I mean, you're here, church bookkeeper, the, the, uh, the margin, the amount of funds that are discretionary in, in the budget of the church are usually quite small. And, you know, the discretionary funds that can be used for, you know, advancing a unique vision or kind of the next thing in the church that maintenance costs. And by that, I mean, both facilities and actually just paying the bills, even staff that dominates the church budget. Now, in theory, those things are contributing to the purpose of the church on one level. But as far as if a church has a new initiative, they want to move in a new direction. A lot of times we get a vision down on paper and nothing happens. And the reason nothing happens in part is because no finances are allocated. And so as we've talked, the idea here with Profit First is allocate some finances to that purpose, to that, that unique vision uh, that is different than what the church is now doing. Otherwise, there will never be money for it. Is that an accurate representation of what you're saying there? That's exactly what I'm saying. Like, I mean, you want to develop a youth program and you have a room that's working, but it's not quite what you want it to be. So you're just going to, if you're not implementing purpose first, you're going to be like, okay, well, we can do this youth program but we want to make all these changes to the room first so that we can make it a better program. When in reality, you don't need those changes in the room to be able to operate your youth program. So if you're putting the money aside for your youth program, then you're going to look at the rest of your bank account and be like, oh, we don't have money to do these upgrades to the room. You know what? We can run the program without doing these upgrades and we'll do those upgrades later. And in the end, you get your program done sooner than you would have otherwise. Yes. And really what you're hinting at there is this whole controlling of expenses that the maintenance level of the church can consume all the money we bring in if we let it. Exactly. And and we can keep going through the cycle, which is an important part, you know, the weekly services and everything else, keeping care of the building. We can go through that cycle and that machine can gobble up all of the, all of the money and we never actually advance the vision. And so what you're saying is here is set aside money, like actually take that money out and put it in a separate bank account yeah, and use it to fund this forward motion. So you can't touch it. So it's not tapped for those maintenance level expenses. Right. And, and that's the main point of purpose. First, you're setting your money aside in your different accounts and you're not allowed to transfer the money back and forth between these accounts. As one account runs out, you can't fund that account 
from one of your other bank accounts. You have to make a hard, fast rule. The money that's in this account, that's all we have for this purpose or these expenses. And that's it. So you've got to make it work within that budget. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's quite challenging. And I, you know, on the church level, of course, the income of the church is typically giving there's, you know, a little bit residual stuff comes in the facilities rental, but it's typically giving and that can, you know, that can ebb and flow. How does purpose first slash profit first help with dealing with that ebb and flow of the cycle of church finances through, through the year? Right. Well, with that, we kind of analyze the, each specific church's pattern, their revenue pattern that comes in and we kind of see, okay, well, we divide their revenue up and into percentages. So it's not a set dollar amount that's going into each of your different bank accounts. It's a percentage of what's coming in that's going into the different bank accounts. So then we can take your historical percentage for what's kind of been going into those different areas, even though you haven't been setting money aside in different accounts up to this point. We'll open the bank accounts. We'll start putting those percentages in those bank accounts. And then we'll start working towards improving those percentages. So let's say your church has historically been spending 70, 80% of its revenue on your day-to-day expenses, but you don't need that much. Let's say you only need 50%. Well, we're going to start at 80% because that's what you're spending. And right now you have to spend that because that's like, usually you're locked into your expenses, but then you can go through your expenses and be like, okay, well, this one we're not locked into. We can cut this expense Therefore, we can lower our percentage that we're putting into our day-to-day account. Mm. And we can just start to make your church run more efficiently and, yeah, cut a lot of unnecessary expenses. Yeah. No, it, it's, it's, it's really, when you start to understand this, it's brilliant because, again, a lot of churches have grand plans to accomplish something. And a lot of times, like building programs are very concrete and typically churches understand building funds and all that kind of stuff but we have a harder time making these abstractions concrete, you know, ministries and new ideas and vision. And so, so what you're saying is start, and I know in profit first, they talk for businesses, just start with like 1%. Exactly. Right. You just, just take 1% of all your income goes into this special profit fund. Uh, you know, whereas for churches, they have some new idea or maybe an old idea that's never had legs, just start with a certain percentage going in there. And as you, you know, cut expenses and reshape those expenses, you can allocate more to that percentage over time. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's really, I mean, I, I really um, love that idea. And I think for some of our listeners, it may sound, well, we kind of already do that, you know, because we have our different funds and all our breakdowns. But the problem that I see is that they're all in one pot, except typically the building fund. <laughs> they're yes. all in one pot and the money flows back and forth between all the categories freely with, without any, uh, without any checks and balances to say, hey, we're not funding our vision in, in a direct way. We're just, you know, we're, we're just, you know, spending money. We're, we're, we're hiring more staff. We're doing more maintenance level stuff. Uh, and what this does, it, it, in a healthy way, puts, puts the, uh, to use a bad phrase, puts a gun to our head to say, hey, you're going to, this percentage is going that way. And if our giving is down, the percentage stays the same. And we've got to figure out how to live within our means. Yeah. No, that's, that's so excellent. And, and again, what I hope people hear too is here is that, uh, you know, you can start small, that, that there, there is a progression of moving there, that it's not starting, okay, all of a sudden 20% to our vision. Most churches couldn't do that. 
Yeah. If they had to all of a sudden take 20% and, and lump it, you know, in one new direction. Yeah. And, and that's, that's kind of where it helps to bring in someone who's familiar with the purpose first system, because then you're not jumping to a percentage that you can't actually afford to jump to. And then you're like, oh, this system doesn't work because we can't afford to do the basic necessities for our day-to-day operations. But you don't want to just jump to like pull percentages off the top of your head. You actually have to analyze your numbers to see where you're at and what you can afford to start with and just improve them from there. Yeah, no, no, that, that's exactly right. And, and uh, you know, if people wanted to move in that direction, one and more, I mean, there's the book Profit First, obviously, that talks about this from a business standpoint. Uh, if you want to know more about how this might apply to churches, find out more about you, how would they, how would they find that out? Yeah, well, I have a website, landing page, whatever you want to call it. Uh, it's calmandcourageousbooks.vipmembervault.com. You can go there and there's some more information. There's a form you can fill out. Just give me your name, email address. I'll shoot you a link for a Zoom call and we'll have a chat and see where we can go from there and how I can best help your church move forward in its vision. Yeah, no, that's, that's excellent. I appreciate that, Graham. And, and you know, this two things, one, uh, you've discovered in this season, we're recording this in December of 2021, that you're not bound to local businesses, churches, when it comes to booking now that people have moved so online, that, you know, geography is less of a less of a factor than it used to be for sure. Is that that's correct? Eh? Yeah, well, that that's one benefit that's come out of this whole COVID pandemic is everyone's gone virtual now. Like before you used to mention, okay, well, let's do a Zoom call. And everyone's like, well, why would I do that? I'd much rather meet in person. But now everyone knows how to use Zoom. It's it's quick. It's easy. Uh, you still get to see the person face-to-face and interact that way. And it just allows you to meet people that you wouldn't typically get to meet because of a geography and all that. Yeah. You know, and I, you know, you've been working with our project here, our 12 church project. And, uh, you know, I, we do finances through you and everything else. And we haven't met physically. Right. You know, yeah. In, in this, in this last year, and we're, we're, you know, we're proceeding with this new project and it's working just fine. And if something's missing, you ping me and say, Hey, scan this and get this my direction. And, and it's just so easy because we have the infrastructure set up. Yeah. You know? The other thing I would say is, you know, as we're moving through COVID and beyond, regardless of how things change in the future, you know, the going back to normal thing, we don't really talk about that anymore because we know it's not going to go back to what it was. But this is a natural time for churches to reevaluate yes. what they're doing and what they're focusing on, where their expenses are going. They've already been forced to do it in some measure. There's been staffing changes, less use of facilities. So this, I think, from a timing standpoint, as we're recording this, is an excellent time for churches to look at a different way of doing finances. Well, exactly. Yeah. Like COVID has forced churches to cut back on expenses because they're not legally allowed to do hold these events that they used to hold and stuff like that. And it's just a good time to develop new habits of managing your cash flow now before things open up again and you can start spending that money you used to be spending. You, you got to yeah. develop the habits now so that you can operate within those healthy boundaries. 
Yeah, no, and I, and I think churches have a window right now of, you know, the next few months and maybe next half year or maybe longer, but I'd say the next few months, certainly as things are still unsettled, you know, but but getting a sense of, okay, here's where things are going. To me, this is just a perfect time to, to really ask the question of whether they should go to this kind of a system. Well, well Graham, I want to say thanks so much, and I'll put your, your link in the show notes here. And again, if you just want to say that URL once again. Yeah, it's Calm and Courageous Books. So C-A-L-M-A-N-D-C-O-U-R-A-G-E-O-U-S-B-O-O-K-S. It's a long name. Calm and Courageous Books com. Okay, excellent. I'll have that in the notes. And if if uh, they have trouble finding you, they can always contact me and I can point them in the right direction. Thanks so much, Graham, for just your, your thinking on this matter, the way you, you serve churches and, and just the help you've been over the years. Much appreciated. Well, thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us for Priority Pastor and uh, appreciate the time. If you have any questions, you know where to find me and you know where to find Graham. So God bless and press on. Mm-hmm.